Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So how does the former executive officer to General David Petraeus, commander of coalition forces in Iraq, view the impact and significance worldwide of the Russian invasion of Ukraine? And what about the NATO no-fly zone over Ukraine? My guest is Colonel Peter Mansour, former commander of the 1st Brigade of the U.S. Army's 1st Armor uh, Division. He's the author of Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus, and the Remaking of the Iraq War. Colonel Mansour is also a professor at Ohio State University. Colonel Mansour, it's been a while since we've talked. Thank you for coming on the program. How are you? Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Roy, and your audience. What do you make of, a couple of things first, the call for by the president of Ukraine and the Ukrainian government for a no-fly zone to be established by NATO over Ukraine, and then the other part of the equation here, perhaps providing Poland with F-16s in return for Poland, providing Soviet-era fighter planes to Ukrainian pilots. So the key here is the airspace over Ukraine and uh, whether the Russians can uh, establish air superiority uh, over the battlefield, which would give them a significant advantage in the fighting. Um, to date, they have not been able to establish complete air superiority, which is surprising. Uh, most analysts thought that the Russians, with a much larger and more technically advanced air force, would do this in a matter of days, and they have not. Um, but for NATO to establish uh, that no-fly zone would put them in direct combat with Russian uh, planes and with Russian air defense systems. Uh, and in effect, it would be NATO declaring war against Russia. And as we know, that would be a nuclear war. So that's a non-starter. Um, but providing planes to Ukrainian pilots who can then attempt to uh, battle the Russian Air Force over their sovereign territory, that's a different story. Uh, and one that the Biden administration is obviously given the green light uh, to execute. So uh, Poland would then give up some of its Soviet-era aircraft, and we would backfill them with F-16s. It makes sense. And it's the kind of planes that Ukrainian pilots know how to, know how to fly, because that's, um, that's what their air force is equipped with right now. Yeah, so we're talking MiG-29s, right? Um, yes, mostly, and, and others, but um, yes. Okay. Colonel Mansour, you're very familiar with ground tactics, army tactics. You were a brigade commander in the U.S. Army's 1st Armored Division, so you're familiar with, with ground war. When you see what's going on in Ukraine, when you see the, um, the Ukrainian military really punching above its weight and, and, and causing significant issues for the, for the Russian military, how are you assessing what's happening on the ground? Um, you know, it's very interesting. I'm also a military historian who's studied this, the battles over the same ground in World War II. And in World War II, every spring and every fall, there was this two-month period called the Rasputitsa, the mud period. Uh, because of the soft ground, uh, mobile armored forces just couldn't maneuver off the roads uh, and even on the roads back then because they weren't paved. This is why there's a 40-mile-long Russian column north of Kiev. Uh, stranded on this one uh, highway because they can't maneuver off the highway. It's, the ground is too soft. Um, the Russians didn't um, put this into their equations. 
and um, it's going to take them a while to get uncoiled. Eventually, I think they will, um, and they will use their massive amounts of firepower to pound Ukrainian cities in the meantime. Uh, but this is, was a significant miscalculation for them at the tactical level. But I would say the, the bigger miscalculation is at the strategic level. Putin thought this would be a war of liberation, and it was not. The Ukrainians, 44 million of them, 87% want to maintain their sovereignty, don't want to have Russian overlords, um, and that provides a significant challenge for the Russians. Even if they're able to overrun the country, they can't control it. Um, you know, I had a significant amount of time in Iraq. That was a much smaller country with a population of 25 million, and we had about, at the end, 600,000 U.S. coalition, Iraqi, and militia-type forces to bring some stability to that place. The Russians don't have near that number. They have maybe 200,000 troops in this very, very large country, again with a very significant population, all of whom are ready to conduct guerrilla operations against the Soviet forces. I don't see how this ends for the Russian army. I really don't. Yeah, insurgencies are, as you know, insurgencies are, are terrible once you're fighting street to street, house to house. The tanks aren't much use to you, particularly if people are upstairs and you know, folks are up above you and they're dropping Molotov cocktails on top of the tank. Yeah, and, and even if they were able to destroy Ukrainian cities and then um, take the broken shells, the Ukrainians would still fight in, in the countryside, and uh, the Russians can't, you know, they can't put in a, 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 a friendly government that would be beholden to Moscow because that government would be quickly overthrown. Uh, so Putin really miscalculated here, and I, like I said, I just don't know how this ends. Yeah. One more question for you, Colonel Mansour. If it were to come to a confrontation between the Russian military and uh, and NATO, and assuming that China stays on the sidelines and doesn't get into its own adventures in Taiwan, how do you foresee, how would you foresee a confrontation between NATO and Russia? Would it necessarily go nuclear? or, or Because I know the Russians, the military doctrine is to use battlefield nukes as just part of their way of fighting war, but... There's a difference between a battlefield nuke and an ICBM. We don't want to see any of them deployed, but what are your thoughts? Unfortunately, I think it would go nuclear pretty quickly. What we've seen of the Russian armed forces, um, they're not as capable as analysts thought. Uh, that means that NATO forces would, um, would have the advantage in any kind of conventional conflict. And Putin is a dictator backed into a corner. He'll use a nuclear weapon to shock the world and basically a message to us to back off. Um, so we don't want to ever want to go there. I, I really think that uh, it would go nuclear quickly, and that would not be good for no. anyone. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 